So that was Caden Anthony. And um, no, I seriously grabbed him maybe like 10 minutes after he had just finished wrestling. He had enough time to grab a beer and sit down. And so he was just exhausted. But um, so next one I got lined up is uh, Tsunami. And for those of you guys who don't know Sue, uh, Sue is just fucking impossible to not like. He's just one of those people, just a giant ball of energy and super nice guy. Uh, another one I've known, God, pretty much, you know, again, not if not day one, damn close to. And um, Sue and I have had, oh, God, I've lost count of how many matches he and I have had together. And it's always super easy working, Sue. It's always fun. And uh, so anyway, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and bring this one up. And this one is uh, Tsunami. All right, so now I'm sitting here with Tsunami, one of my favorite tag partners, opponents, fucking uh, just road buddies. Like, bro, like it's been – how long have we been doing this shit? When did I meet you? 2005? Oh, it was shortly. 2005? 2005. <laughs> Well, we're in 2020 now, so in the year 2005, I want to say. Maybe? It had to have been right, like, not too far after I met Caden. Yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, me and Caden were training, did everything. Oh, yeah, because it was always, I want to say I, m I met Caden, and then I met you and Kid Omega, like, right at, like, yeah. within probably a month or so. I think for sure it was the that was the, the martial arts dojo. Yeah, it shows. was Eric Nolan's. Yes, yeah, yeah, there we go. That's it's been a running theme throughout this whole thing. <laughs> Yeah, that was the first time I f believe that I met you, and Gabe got mad at me because I was fucking around, and I it was cold in that building. Yeah, no, so, Eric's was cold as shit. So like, like I went and took a piss, and instead of you know, put my singlet on like normal, and then put my shirt on, I just put my singlet over my t-shirt, and he looks at me and he goes, ah, not in the APW, brother. You're not working the fucking show, and really? I'm just like. Okay, for those who don't know, this is Gabe Ramirez, who's just a piece of fucking shit. I fucking hate Gabe Ramirez. He was nice to me that one time. Gabe, you know, Gabe was nice to me at the Christmas party when I was buying him shots. That sounds about right. And the only reason I was buying him shots because I was already fucked up. I was drunk as shit because uh, I hated that man any other time. Did, so we're allowed to... Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, say whatever the fuck you want. Fuck. <laughs> I, I just did that right now. I saw that. Yeah, I that did. Was, that was cool. Yeah, no, because um, there's just those fucking promoters that just get on your goddamn nerves. And Gabe was one of them. Gabe, I it takes a lot for me to hate. say I hate somebody. And there's only two people on the planet I hate, and that's Gabe Ramirez and my ex. One of my exes. Not your ex. Sweet. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But, um, yes. no, no, I, I remember the, the Eric Nolan shows mm -hmm. because those were the first time – that I was involved in indie wrestling in Bakersfield. Mm -hmm. You remember those shows started with yes. like 120 people? Uh-huh. Yeah. And we built that shit up to like 800 people. There was, I want to say there was like another promotion, Porterville, I want to say. And it was in, uh, I think that's where uh, he, which we do not speak of, uh, got the idea of, oh, these guys are uh, actually paying to keep this building alive. Well, I'll just do that. I'll have all my students pay my rent for this building, not even to train or wrestle, but to pay my rent so then I can move in inside of a warehouse with no shower, barely a toilet. Yeah, good times. Yeah. Gotta love the business. How the fuck have we survived this long? I mean, I know there's 
thousands of us. We're not unique. There's thousands of us who just have shady wrestling promoter and trainer stories. And The infamous one is like the Hardy Boys had Stallion. Yes. So he yes. is this, – this gentleman is our Stallion. Yeah. That, that's the way I've always figured that. That's not I, – I hadn't thought about that, but that's an actually very – You would pull accurate. over and be like, all right, uh, what would you guys get paid? I get 80% of your PO. Your your payout and it's like, for what'd you do? Well, I got you on the show. Mm, my talent got me on the show. Like, what did you really do? Well, I trained you. Did you though? Like, <laughs> like I only like really? like for the like the first year. Yeah, like I feel like I was getting good solid training. But then after that, we were teaching him more than he was like. That's another story for another time. Take, take, a, flying, take a flying mare, brother. Flying mare. Flying yeah. mare. Flying mare. Flying mare. mare. Want to take a chop? <laughs> I, I guess chop you back, right? No. Wait, what the fuck? No. Yeah, no, that, no. that's pretty much, yeah. Take the chop. Oh, this guy's not taking the chop. <laughs> He's not taking it. Remember after pay-per-views, and it was always, we're watching one of his matches. Oh yes, yes. After we had okay, so there we uh, we used to do this thing where we would go over to his apartment after like pay per view shows, and we'd fucking watch the pay per views, and it was cool. We'd order pizza, and and then as soon as the pay per view went off, boom, putting in one of his matches, and we're just like, bro, you don't own any other VHS because they were VHS at the time. You don't own any wow. Other, you don't own any other fucking tapes that we can watch. Like you no. don't own any PWG or or you know. But it's not him. He wasn't in PWG, so no. Right. You have the best of DVD. <laughs> Remember we used to make the, the, the joke, the running joke was best of volume 27? Yes. Best yes. of volume 105? Just whatever names he paid for it and wrestled. Much. Yeah. 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 Good. Guy, I love this business sometimes. There was, oh, oh, the you know what? The one, the shady promoter, like the shadiest promoter I ever worked for. You know, again, I'm still. I will split Gabe Ramirez's head open if I ever run into him again. But, oh, you were you were not on the show. It was um, in Watsonville. It was me, Jesse, against Billy and Caden. Our match went off without a hitch. We were semi-main, and what's the etiquette on on uh, leaving before a show's over? You don't right. before the main event. Yeah. It's fucking professional. Like, these fucking guys hung around for your match. Don't bail on them as soon as yours is done. We're in the locker room, and I'm noticing that after everybody's matches, they're just packing up and leaving. Never been this promotion before, so I'm just like, oh, kind of fucked up, but not my place to say anything. And they just kept bailing. Okay? Show's over. You know, we were semi-main. Main comes out. We change. We hit up the promoter. and like, okay, bro, um, time to get paid. And the guy told us, you know, 75 bucks for me, 75 bucks for Jesse, 75 bucks for Billy, 75 for Caden. Okay, so $300 going toward this, this match. And um, so we have Buddy Royal here. What's I'm taking off. I'm taking off. Buddy Royal Buddy Royal's going to make a little run-in, and then he's running yeah, out. Yeah, Buddy Royal's doing a run-in on the podcast. Yeah. Do, bro, okay, so Buddy, I haven't seen Buddy in how long has it been, bro? Probably two years and a half. Yeah, a year and a half, at least. Yeah. yeah, dude, we're glad to have you back. Oh, fuck, I miss It's you good to see you back in the ring again. I missed all you guys, honestly, dude. Yeah, dude, one of the things that I've talked about is, like, yeah, every once in a while, like, you just got to take time off this business. Dude, like, I just, you know, I just got to recharge batteries, bro. Exactly. I'll just put it on both ends and shit, bro, like, seriously. Yeah, you know, I keep, I'm, I'm pretty private, but just, like, even my personal life and shit, it's just, like, 
I had to take time from there, just recharge the batteries, you know, get my focus back and shit. But, you know, I'm back. I'm hitting the ground running a little bit. So. Yeah, dude, it's fucking great to have you back, man. It's oh, good no. to see you back in there. No, it's good, it's good seeing you guys. Right. I'll let you guys all get right. back to what you're right. doing, man. Thank all you, right, Mr. Mr. Royal. Safe, so you guys. Love you guys. Get home right? safe. For sure, guys. All right. But, um, okay, so anyway, yeah, so, I mean, everyone in, the, in this match, everyone involved in this match is getting paid 75 bucks. Come time for the promoter to pay us. And, oh, well, the booker left, but he, and he has the cash box, so I'll get you next time. Yeah, that sounds that's that's in you one one. That's typical pro that, that's pr- promoter. That's a promoter like promoter move number seventy four. Yeah, and so and I'm I'm going like, yeah, that's not a thing. Well, well, what do you mean? No, no, no. We were told we work your show, we work your show. You pay us seventy five dollars as it should. Right. And I told him I said, and I've never done this before. I've never done it before. Never done it since. I threatened a promoter. <laughs> And I said, bro, if you don't pay us, we're going to have a serious fucking problem. Now, this guy who's been talking to me all afternoon, now he doesn't speak English. Oh, all of a sudden. Yeah. So Jesse starts translating because you know Jesse yes. speaks fluent Spanish. And I told, I told Jesse, because I'm, I'm, my Spanish sucks, and I told Jesse, I said, you tell this motherfucker if he does not pay us, I am going to stomp the living shit out of him before we leave. Now, my Spanish is good enough that Jesse's like, well, you know what my friend is saying that, you know, you kind of promised us $75. And I'm a Jesse, Jesse, that's not what I said. Mm-hmm. Fucking tell him if he does not pay us, I am whooping the living shit out of him. Mm-hmm. $75 worth. Because we had, pl- remember, or you weren't, we had plans. We were going to go to Big Bear Diner. <laughs> now, I'm going to pause for a moment. So, How long did it take <laughs> you guys? To get me to go to Black Bear Diner. Black Bear Diner. That's what it was. God damn it. Black Bear. Big Bear. Black Bear Bear Diner. You guys would talk about Black Bear. I know I'm going on a little tangent, but you guys would talk about Black Bear all the fucking time. Sue, you, of all people, Sue, you would love Black Bear. Okay, next time I go to Bakersfield, and then I would end up at Sonic, because that's (laughs) that's just how it goes after shows. And then I had a black bear somewhere in like Fresno or somewhere in Northern California and I immediately message you holy shit I just had black bear diner I understand what I was missing well and again this went on for years years this went on for fucking years, years. and we were just because the only black bear diner I knew about was in Tulare yes and so when we'd work in AW shows in Fresno you have to drive through I so believe would, that was the same one that, yeah uh, the first one I went to. and so we're just like Sue, you gotta go to Black Bear. Sue, you gotta go to Black Bear. And finally, like, you're like, would you fucking stop telling us about Black Bear? Will you shut the fuck up about <laughs> Black Bear Diner? Like, I'm not gonna go. It's not gonna happen. There's not one near me. It's not. They open one in uh, in town. Uh, no. They open one in Bakersfield. And yeah. Yeah, like right after you stop. After, yeah. Right after we start running yep. shows in Bakersfield, yep. they fucking open a black yeah, open a Black Bear Diner. And I told my girlfriend at the time. I told Sarah, I'm like, oh, Sue's gonna be so pissed at us. <laughs> and then like. We stopped running shows in Bakersfield, so yeah. then I was like, oh, well, I guess I'm never going to get Black Bear Diner. But then they opened one in uh, Santa Maria now. Oh, do they? Okay. Uh, it's horrible. Is like, it? They've actually had uh, some uh, racial issues there. Really? Yeah, it's pretty uh, – waitress got mad for a, a table of a certain demographic, uh-huh. and uh, yeah, and then she Rap posted – sh- Yeah, and then she uh, – no. Really? Uh, yeah, and uh, she posted on social media, so kids – um, social media is cool, but it's also bad in K. So be smart. Don't don't post your business on there. And and uh, if you're in a relationship, like you know, as a good rule of thumb, just kind of you know keep it low key. Don't like 
blast everything. Yeah, it's, it's always good advice. Uh, did you have the burger? That fucking five-pound burger? I had the meatloaf. Oh, there I was the this. Burgers. Yeah. There was this. F- we were on our way to a show, so I couldn't have done the five-pound burger. Oh. I wanted to. But oh, no, we, we did Black have. Bear afterward. No. We did Black Bear afterward, and it was um, – Oh god, I can't even think of what the burger is called, but it is seriously I I said 5 pounds, but it's seriously like a legit 2 pounds. And I remember ordering it because John uh dared me to order it, so I order it. And they bring this damn burger out on a platter cuz it doesn't yes. fit on a plate. Yes. And it's on a platter and I'm I had that great outdoors moment when they put the 96 ounce steak in yes. front of John Candy and John Candy's yeah. like, "Oh shit, what did I do?" But then he chows down and he's like, "Oh, it looks like he's all done." Well, there's still fat and gristle on there, and he's, like, grabbing them. <gasps> no, no. I remember. I just – I'm just trying to – this was a – this was a – this was a serious $20, $20 burger. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, I paid 20 bucks for this bitch. <laughs> Got the meat sweats. I guarantee you had the meat oh, sweats. Oh, I, I had meat sweats. Oh, my God. I don't remember what Jesse had, but I remember Jesse's just green. Jesse is just green, and as I was talking to Caden, remember Oreo cookie milkshakes? Yes. After a yes. show was a tradition, and we're all sitting there, and we're just like half passed out, and John just looks at us and goes, we're all getting uh, milkshakes, right, guys? <laughs> and I just looked at him like, oh, fuck you. Like, I could see you giving that John Candy face Ex- when he's like, there's only fat and gristle, and he's like, no, no, no. And so, and, and I'm just sitting there. And I sucked down this fucking Oreo cookie milkshake. And we're getting ready to leave. We get up to leave. And as we walk out, Jesse just pukes all ah, over the grass. Sounds about right. But um, anyway, back to this prick in Watsonville. And um, so and Jesse's trying to be – because you know, Jesse's a super nice yes, guy. And yeah. Jesse – it's not in Jesse to threaten anybody. No. And I'm telling him, like, bro, we will fuck your shit up if you stiff us on this money. Because we didn't have gas money to get home. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, so we had no gas money, and we're sitting there, yeah. like, between 150 bucks, like, this is going to get us yeah. home. Yeah, exactly. So I'm starting, like, no, bro, we're not – I'm not fucking leaving. To the point where this guy goes to his wife, grabs her purse, pulls all the money out of her purse, and fucking pays us yes. 75 bucks each, and we start walking out. Now this motherfucker speaks English. Hey, let me get your uh, number for next time. I went, no, fuck you. Don't ever fucking call us again. And on top of that, we spent two hours fighting with this guy to get paid. So Black Bear Diner was fucking closed. <laughs> and we went, this is how Sue feels. This is what Tsunami goes through every time we fucking. Every in. show. Like, not the not the pay about, yeah. but missing the Black Bear Diner part. Yeah. Every single time. So, yeah, yeah. that's been the running theme is we've had some some interesting road stories. That's I wanted to get a bunch, a bunch of the boys on here and just talk about just the fucked up shit that happens on the road. How much time do we have? I got we have we have no I have no time limit. Tsunamis, birthday, weekend. <laughs> it is an epic story. There's many levels is to this, this story. Is this the I've never thrown up story. Yes. Okay. I've so never, you must. Okay. I've, so Caden just told the story. I want your side of the story. So what was it? He was complaining about his girlfriend either breaking up with him. Or they're about to get back together, or something. Because this business kills relationships like you wouldn't believe. Yes, especially if they're in the business as well. And uh, 
We. You, we, I mean, we but got, you, you've met every train wreck I've been involved with. We got completely slammered. Like, we had alcohol flowing, and we were in this town called Ridgecrest, right. which is, I believe it's a military town, but yeah, it's... Yeah, there's, there's an Air Force base. It's fo- about 45 minutes outside of Bakersfield. Yeah. Roughly. It's really that close? Yeah, it's like only like 45 minutes. Oh, I thought it was a lot farther than that. No, it feels no maybe, like, maybe, maybe a little, maybe an hour. It feels like seven hours from oh, yeah. from no, where we're at. It's, it's in the it's in boonies, and uh, well, you're three hours from Bakersfield right now. So oh, yeah. it's, you're, so you're four that, hours yes. from Ridgecrest right now. So we're getting we're we come in because we're running a show on a Saturday in Ridgecrest, and we've got some big names, and uh, we come in on. Was it the Friday night? Right. We're doing the ring rental. As we're traveling to the venue, probably like just maybe a little before Bakersfield, the tire on the trailer explodes, and we got a full ring on on the trailer. We're hauling this ring on like one of those like seventies like rape vans. <laughs> if you've ever seen the Bang Bus, it was like the Bang Bus from like nineteen seventy. Like shag carpet, like orange and yellow shag carpet and everything. So we're hauling this ring. I have this. seen this van multiple times, and at no point did I make the connection to a rape van. Yes. Yes, there you but go. But now that I'm done, I'm like, yeah. there were some felonies committed in this van. It was Not our, by you guys, but it was a very in, in its freaky. existence, there were some felonies committed in this van. It's a very freaky van. So we're hauling a ring, and rings aren't light. No. Especially, like, all broken down, and... They're just happening. I think they were doing like control fires next to the freeway, and it was already like 108 outside. So we're driving by these where these control fires right next to the the road, and I, it's either between that and the heat, and it's just the tire just exploded. And now we got to figure out how we're gonna put on a spare when we don't have a jack. Somehow we manage to continue for the, like another two hours on a trailer with only three wheels. Magical, right. magical. We got there. So to celebrate that we finally made it, this is it's probably like you said, it's probably a four-hour journey. It took us like nine hours. Oh yeah, because of stops and then you know, Billy has to talk. Mm-hmm. So we get to uh, this this one of the three bars that are in this town, and we're just getting slammered, slammered, to the point where me and Caden are like the only, you know, like dudes in our early twenties mm-hmm. in this whole place. And we were already hammered, so we started doing a breakdance battle. <laughs> and it's just me and him. Just and, and there's like probably like forty of, battle, bro. Bro, there's like other forty other people or something like this in the bar, and they're just kind of doing their thing. We start breakdance battling, right? And like he does something, then I do something. He does something, I do something. And I'm like, no, let me get this. I do the worm. Hell yeah! So then Kane's like, okay, I'll do the worm, worm, worm. And for some reason, he like. Forgets that he needs to put his hands to base, and it just goes smack. He smacks his face on the ground, and he gets up. His blood, his nose is just gushing blood. Just, I'm like, oh, come on, bro, let's get you cleaned up in the bathroom. Caden conveniently <laughs> forgot this part, this part in his story, in yeah, his version of the story. Obviously, he did. Oh, this is Tsunami's birthday weekend. There's <laughs> many stories that these things have like ingrained in my mind. I believe it was my 23rd birthday. Timeline's a little fuzzy. I've been right. off my head a lot, and no oh, alcohol, and alcohol, and head injuries will kill. Has killed a lot of our brain cells. And my friend Mary Jane. There you go. She's a very nice lady. I just met her like six months ago. She's a really nice. Lady. She's very nice. Yeah. Um, 
So we deal with that. And so I'm like cleaning up. And we got like, like these girls are being very respectful. They're not going into the bathroom, but they're like at the door, like all concerned about it. And I'm cleaning my bro up. And uh, so later on, Billy starts talking to some randoms. Like, which one thing he's good for, he's good at opening conversations. Billy is an icebreaker. He does. He has. He has a great icebreaker. But after like the icebreaker, you can't stop. Keep. You can't continue doing icebreakers two hours in the conversation. But somehow it worked. He got some lovely ladies to come back to the room with us, and I'm like, all right, all right. And next thing you know, he said something, and they instantly go, "Well, I think we need to go." And they brought two dudes with them. Who one of the dudes families like own some sort of liquor store and their liquor store had like burned down so he's like you guys want some alcohol like and he we got like three bottles they were like all charred on the outside but it's because of the fire they couldn't sell them so we got like another three bottles of like bacardi and like jack or some some other stuff so you got fire sale alcohol yes awesome literally fire yeah. sale alcohol and we were just wait we were just drinking all night. it was horrible uh reno was with came into our room and I know joke he told a story for 90 minutes while he's in the bath like he's like halfway in the bathroom halfway out looking at us telling a story while he's peeing and like I'm not I'm sure he wasn't peeing for like the whole time but like he would like pee a little bit and then like he would stop but he would just continue the story as he was still peeing for 90 fucking minutes like, I've never seen this before. <laughs> Not even, like... He was Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own. Yeah, but he wasn't peeing. He was just, like... I mean, he he peed eventually. The only reason why we know he peed eventually because the next morning when we woke up in our slumber, there's just piss all over the floor, all over the bathroom floor. So, be- before that, I, I, Reno had left, and we were sitting there, and Billy was on us. He was, oh, I need, I need to talk to my girlfriend. I need, I need to talk to her. I need to talk to her. No, bro, you, you've had enough. Let's just enjoy the night with the boys. Yeah, yeah, I'm having fun, but I need to talk to her. And then all of a sudden, we just gave up, and he just bolted. Come to find out, we found him three hours later, passed out in the van, with the phone still up to his ear. Like he's leaning against the windowsill with the phone still up in his ear, like he's talking on it. Passed the fuck out. Knock on the door. Doesn't answer. Knock on the window. Doesn't answer. Open the door. He does one of those like, <laughs> what'd you have for? Bro, it's like noon. We, we got to go fucking do the show. Okay. So we get to the auto zone. To, we're going to finally fix the tire after we've been here like a day and a half. And he's sitting on the, the, the part, was it the curb or the the center right. part, partial whatever they are and uh he's just like looks at me dead in the face and he goes you know what i don't th- i've never thrown up before and like we're like well if you need to just get it out and he's like no i think i'll be fine and i'm like he goes i think there's a bottle of water in the car or in the van i was like okay let me grab and i grab it and i'm like it's like 108 degrees outside like all day this is the middle of the day this water is probably like 90 degrees as it is and i'm like are you sure you want to yeah just give me a drink i've never seen i've honestly never seen billy drink water in my entire life until that moment and he chugs this motherfucker like it was another beer 
And he was sitting there. He goes, oh. I'm like, are you, you feeling better? He goes, yeah, I, I'm feeling better. <sighs> you know, I've never thrown up before, but I think I'm going to throw up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel <laughs> and that was uh that's one of the that's that's the I've never thrown up before. I think as, as an experienced drinker, if you've ever if you ever have to utter the words, I've never thrown up before, you're about to fucking yes. hurl. Like that's yeah. just that's how it ends up. It was that it was the face too, because he was like all serious, like I've never thrown up before. But I think I'm gonna throw up. Yeah, I'm going to... The fact that he gave himself permission. <laughs> yes. I've never thrown up, but I think I'm going to... Yeah, 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 I think I'm going to. Hold on, I'll be right back. <laughs> and I think this was actually the last day of the trip. We're trying, to, we're trying to get home. And this was a Memorial Day weekend. So we ended up staying an extra night on a Sunday night because we were stranded. The hotel was like $15 a night. It was something ridiculous, like dirt cheap. But then... The cockroaches. Again, it's, it's, it's fifteen dollars. It's, it's, it's wrestling. wrestling. This yeah. Um, the fact that we, you actually stayed in the hotel room was yes. actually pretty impressive. Yes. So we're going down the road, and we find the one uh, little like uh, auto shop in a hit town, and the dude already has is already giving us some weird vibes. And then we go inside, and there's an older lady. And uh, she's like helping us out, and then she goes. Uh, she says something about her health, and then all of a sudden she takes her wig off, and she has a giant scar on her fucking oh, head. Fuck. Yeah, and she said she had some sort of brain issue, which it's a sad issue. Right, right. Some kind of maybe to, like operation. Yeah, yeah. And but it was just awkward. It wasn't even like brought up or like not coax. It was just. We were talking to her, and then she goes, oh, by the way, look at this. And she just pulled her and just see, like, fucking scars. I love that it was just, like, some kind of non sequitur. Yeah. Just like, and hey, then, look at my look at my. And then she, opens, she opens up this uh, photo album, and it's all of her in a hospital bed looking, like, mangled and, like, all screwed up. And I wonder if it's, like, something she does for all of her customers <laughs> or if we were, like, special. <laughs> to the point where, like, Caden, I think he was – doing his on his phone doing something i went out and i was doing something else i was or like trying to get out billy's still hammer drunk so he's like i'm gonna i'm gonna just sleep in this room next thing he knows he there's some poodle like gnawing or like chewing so on it or licking its paws like right on billy's chest he's like get the fuck off man he goes where'd you guys go I'm like we're literally out the door you can see us through the window you guys can't leave me alone like that Needless to say, we finally get home after a trip that should have been two days and it ended up being four. Oh, shit. And I still never got the money for that attire <laughs> from him. Because he's like, I I'm short. I was like, you just ran a show. How are you short on the pay? Oh, you were at the bar. <laughs> that explains. Again, we're indie wrestlers. We, we drink our pay. That's true. That's true. That, that Oh, God. If I break even on the show, that's actually – that's an accomplishment. That's a win. Yeah, exactly. That's a win. But, dude, Sue, thank you so much for doing this for me, man. I appreciate it. These, these, these are the kind of stories I wanted because when I tell people I wrestle, which I don't do that very often because it never ends well. Oh, like like WBF? I get that. <laughs> I have a woman I work with, and I swear to God I wanted to punch this woman in the head yesterday. She hot and she's single. No. Not involved. Not and, interested. And 
so there's a woman I work with named Monica, really good friend of mine so far. Like, she's really cool. And I'm telling her, like, she's like, hey, what are you doing this weekend? I was like, oh, I'm working a show in Lompoc. And she knows I wrestle. So, you know, oh, cool. You know, you know, how it's that going to be? You know, we're just working there talking. And the woman next to her overhears me and like, well, what kind of show? And, of course, I have to clarify because I'm a stand-up comic. I'm a pro wrestler, fucking podcaster. So, yeah, could have been fucking anything I was doing. So I said, hey, I'm wrestling. I'm used to the – oh, you mean WWE? I'm used to that. Yes. This bitch goes, oh, you mean like Nacho Libre? And I wanted to punch this woman in the neck. Like, that is the reference you uh. fucking – of all the references you could have pulled, it, fuck, you pulled a Nacho Libre reference. You got to remember, like, this is like – it's not like – you can't say no holds barred because no one <laughs> – like, wrestling fans, yes, we'll know no holds barred, but, like, a generation or two has already passed. What are the rest so, of the movies? So There's The Wrestler and Nacho Libre. That's all say, we got I now. I was just going to say. I was like, hold on. So you know <laughs> enough about pro wrestling that you you – Know nothing about it, but you know there was a Nacho Libre movie, but you missed a fucking wrestler with Mickey Rourke, which is a damn good fucking movie. And but uh, it was just who's the Miss, uh, who who's the female, uh, Marissa Tomei. Tomei. Aunt May, Aunt Tomei. Uh, Marissa, if you hear this, I'm I'm single, just to let you know. I'm sure she'll hit you up. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure she's one of my eight listeners. Yeah. Well, nine now. Well, nine now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the wrestler was a, okay, before I was going to wrap this up, but I got to tell you the story about the wrestler. Okay. So John has been another running theme through, cause John's a good friend of ours. John trained me, you know, I love him to death, like a brother and, um, another member of our extended family. Yes. And John, as everybody who knows John already knows, John hates football, fucking hates football. Okay. Cool. Not for everybody. We got that. But <laughs> hey, look, hey, hey, Caden's back. Actually, the smelling stuff was out there. It's just lingered in here. I, I hand to hand to Sue. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, guys. See you later, guys. So anyway, so John and we all know John hates football. John says, "Hey, the wrestler with Mickey Rourke is playing this weekend. You guys want to go?" Well, fuck yeah, dude. I want to see that movie. Yes. And he says, well, the closest theater is Universal City down in Hollywood. Fuck, I love Universal City. Yeah. So oh, yeah. we drive. And so, cool. When are we going to see it? This Sunday. This Sunday? Mm-hmm. Super Bowl Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> he did this shit all On the purpose. time. All the time. <laughs> Fucking Super Bowl Sunday. We never trained on Sundays. Training class was always Monday through Friday, but every Super Bowl Sunday, this motherfucker wanted. You know, we should have a training on Sunday. Would anybody doing anything Sunday? No one's doing anything Sunday. Let's <laughs> let's just train. And so he did this every fucking year, and I fell for it every fucking year. And so finally, he's like, "Yeah, dude, the the wrestlers playing down the City Walk. Uh, we should go this Sunday." You motherfucker. <laughs> So we drive down. It's me, my girlfriend at the time, John, and then our buddy Joel. And the showing was at 1.30. Movie gets out at 3.30. We leave City Walk. And anyone who's ever been to City Walk, you know they got the giant Jumbotron. Yes. 
fucking game had just started on the Jumbotron. <laughs> so I got to watch Super Bowl on a Jumbotron in CityWalk, and John was pissed. <laughs> fucking pissed yes. because he had to sit through the first half of a game he didn't want to watch in the first place. Mm-hmm. That was just fucking karma. I, I, that, so that's my, my wrestler story for, with, the, with the, the movie. There you go. It, but but it, in reality, it was a great, great that's flick. A fu- it, when you watch that movie, did you not sit there and go, dude, that's exactly what it's like being yes, in a locker room? Yeah. And then I've done the – when he's walking through, like, the back <coughs> – excuse me, the, the back room of the grocery store, and then you can hear the crowd, like, chanting. I've done that where I'm, like, walking in the hallway at one of my old jobs and, like, I'm going to go through the curtain. And go through the curtain – and it's no one there to give me pops. So no, like, because oh, it's just it's it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's nine to five day. It's nine to five time. It's like no one. Psh, Nobody gives a shit. I would love to just walk in and like a cashier who did something amazing and go, "You are awesome!" <laughs> clap, 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 clap. And then if someone like an employee drops something, you fucked up. You <laughs> fucked up. Just bring it into real life. I had a total Mark moment. I posted on Facebook. I'm walking into the gym. At fucking six o'clock in the morning, and which I fucking hate, but my I actually have to have a I have a real job, so I gotta go there early. And I walk in, I forget I'm wearing my headphones, and I walk in, my phone is on shuffle, my entrance music actually starts playing as I open the gym door, and I'm like, dude, did they just start playing my entrance music? That oh, is I'm a, a great feeling. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm a dumb shit. I'm such a fucking yeah. mark for myself. Yes. But anyway, but we so, are. yeah. We are. Anyway, so thank you so much, bro. I really appreciate you doing this. You're welcome. Appreciate Caden, who's in the back of the room right now Bye. with his lovely wife, Vanessa. Bye. So, it is Lady Vane to me. Well, and, yeah, we're and, still we're still in care. And, so. and, and, and Caden always remembers. Caden will always remember she was mine before she was his. They do have the only functioning relationship in this business. <laughs> Of all the people I know, you two are the only. T- I told Sue, I was like, you guys have seen the train wrecks I fucking brought in here. So, yeah. One. There was at least three. There's been three. Caden doesn't pay attention a lot. I remember. <laughs> oh, that was the one in the middle that uh, um, somebody somebody we know who's now working uh, main a national promotion hit on. Yeah. The one with the uh, Avenged Sevenfold tattoo on her back. Ah, that was uh, Allie. That was my, that was my first stripper girlfriend. That was the first one, and then there were two more because I'm stupid. No, but you yeah, just fail at I brought her to two shows, and Sledge hit on her. So that Sledge hit on her in front of me. Yeah, that that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I'm I'm actually bummed he never hit on me, but um, this is true. Well. Day's not over. So, anyway, thank you guys so much. And, again, we have Caden and, and Lady Vane doing a, doing a run-in. So, a run thank in. you guys for doing this for me. We are family. That's All what right. we do. I will talk to you guys later. Hey, Sue, why don't you go ahead and plug your shit? Oh, well, that's uh, that's great. I don't have anything to plug. So You motherfucker. <laughs> no, uh, you can follow me on uh, the, the Twitter device. It's at the – yeah, Sutooth. 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 Uh, Twitter at, at the underscore tsunami. That's – T H E underscore S U N A M I because we're pro wrestlers and we don't know how to spell shit. Exactly. Caden, let's come plug your shit. Oh, uh, yeah. He, 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 he
Caden's going to mosey on and get his shit over. Dude, you've been in the ring with me. You know I'm not very good at my job. I just remember you kissed me one time. Uh, uh, yeah, you can follow me, Caden uh, Anthony, K-D-I-I-N, Anthony. With a Y, they get the porn star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or you e. want that. Yeah. Uh, all across all social media, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, all that stuff. Caden Anthony. All right, thank you. And would Lady Vane like to put uh, pu- uh, yeah, plug her? Yeah, at Lady Vane. Uh, it could be different spellings. It's either L-A-D-Y or L-A-Y-D-E-E. Vane, V-A-Y-N, E. Yeah, it's just complicated. Just find us. Just, yeah. I'll just link you guys. Yeah, please. So, all right, guys, thank you so much for doing this for me. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, that was a that was an interview with Tsunami that just went horribly off the rails, but uh, that's when it gets fun. Um, in case you're wondering why I said my goodbyes and then had Sue plug uh, his social media, I hit stop on the recording and Sue goes, "So I'm I don't get to plug my shit." So I just hit record again and hey Sue, plug your shit. So yeah, that's why we came back. Um, and if you guys are getting that static, uh, I have no idea what the hell that's coming from. I'm gonna try and clean that up. Uh, right now, I'm editing out. I'm editing it, and so hopefully, I'll be able to c- cut out that static. But if you guys put up with it, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. So anyway, uh, we're gonna wrap this one up with uh, the final interview I did. This is Dominic Balsamo, uh, Big Dom, who is uh, he is the brains behind uh, Planet Lucha and Sencal Pro Wrestling, and um, he was. You know what? The, of all the interviews I did last night, they were all fun, but. Um, I don't think I've ever actually sat down and talked to Dom like that, this in-depth about anything. So I really enjoyed that. So, uh, yeah, no further ado, this is uh, Dominic Balsamo. And we are back with our main event of the evening. We have Dominic Balsamo. And what's going on, Dom? How are you doing? I'm the main event. You are main eventing tonight. Oh, shit, man. Yeah. I'm out of shape. <laughs> can I say shit on this? Oh, absolutely. Fuck yeah, you can. Okay, Fuck yeah, you can. Fuck shit. Say whatever the fuck, fuck you I'm want. I'm going to just get it all out of my system now. Yeah. I, Sue asked the same thing, and then Sue's like, <laughs> fuck. Because <laughs> it's Tsunami. So, all right. So, tonight we had our Planet Lucha show. This is your baby. You know, what is your official title? Uh, I, I guess officially on paper, I'm the booker and I'm the uh, vice president of, of operations for SunCal Professional Wrestling Entertainment Incorporated, but simply uh, I'm the booker, yeah. Right, because I'm, I'm sitting there going like he's the booker, promoter, owner, I think. I don't know. I I'm, work for Dom. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm the guy that does all the stuff. Dom tells me when to show up. He pays me at the end of the night, and we're good to go. <laughs> but no, great show tonight. We had a fantastic show. We worked at the Lompoc Veterans Memorial Building, which is always a it's a gorgeous building. Yeah, I love that building. It's a great, great place to be. We're going to have a better one soon, though. Yes, we are. <laughs> yeah, we, and that's what I want to sit down and talk to you. All so, right. I mean, this is your baby. Yeah. You know, with Planet Lucha is your baby. It, it stemmed from uh, Sencal Pro Wrestling. And how did – how what was the genesis of this? So, when I first set foot in wrestling, it wasn't to be a wrestler. It was always to be a promoter, and it was always to have a creative direction on the show. But I trained because I didn't want to just be the guy that showed up and told people what to do. You know, you got to start at the bottom and you got to get the shit beat out of you. And you we, know. we all started <laughs> as talents. Exactly. And I caught the bug and I ended up, you know, wanting to do it. But then I broke my neck and my back went soon after. So I managed for a while. And then uh, when we got sick of dealing with the person that we were working with, <laughs> who shall not be named, um, we that phrase has been mentioned so many times tonight. <laughs> 
uh, Sledge was actually the genesis of SunCal Professional Wrestling. He uh, he was the first one to really get fed up, and he went off and said, I want to start my own thing. And he reached out to a couple of us and said, you know, I'm starting this company. I want your help. And I didn't get into wrestling to be someone's lackey for my whole life, and I was incredibly unhappy with what was going on in the previous organization as well, so I jumped at the opportunity to do it. And originally it was going to be Sledge and JD Horror and myself and Sledge's sister as the backer. And uh, Sledge's sister ended up not working out. She didn't really uh, have a mind for the wrestling. So we went to my dad, Dennis Balsamo, and said, hey, you want to invest in a wrestling company? And he said, prove to me that you can put butts in seats. Here's some money to do one show. And if the one show works out, then we'll do more. Well, that was 2015. <laughs> so, and I mean, yeah. your dad, very successful attorney in the yeah. area. So, I mean, I mean, he has a mind for business. Yeah, for sure. And so he was the one who said, you know, let me see. Let me see you make this profitable. Yeah. He said, you can be as creative as you want. You know, you can have fun with it. You can get as crazy as you want with it, but it has to make money or at least has to break even. You know, if it's going to be a hobby, it can't be a hobby that makes us go broke. Right. And uh, it started out as a hobby where we broke even, you know, uh, it was a very slow build over five years. But then in 2018, we were talking with a uh, local businessman in Santa Maria, and he said that he really wanted to see a more Lucha Libre oriented company uh, come to uh, Santa Maria. And at the time, you know, in the beginning, Sledge was booking SenCal, and he was booking SenCal very much as a traditional wrestling company, you know, guys in tights doing big moves. I mean, the stuff we all grew up with. Right, exactly. Um, and, you know, he, he has more of a – he's in Ring of Honor now. You know, right. So he, he has a more yeah, of a – Yeah, Sledge has done great yeah, for himself. He has more of a PWG sensibility. You know, it's not a, necessarily about, uh, you know, stories and big characters. It's more about, you know, athletes being athletic. And while that's great, I have always been more of the 1980s school of wrestling, uh, you know, characters and weird storylines. And, you know, I want, I want magic and comic books and, and demons and sorcerers and all that stuff in, in my wrestling. And we tried it at SenCal after Sledge stepped down as Booker to focus on his career. Uh, and the San Luis Obispo audience didn't really take it. You know, they, they wanted that kind of wrestling, too. But when uh, the businessman in Santa Maria said, hey, we want to do this, I saw my opportunity. And I was like, all right, guys, here's the idea that I've had rattling around in my brain since before I even involved myself actually physically in wrestling. I want to do this big thing. I want it to be comic books and 1980s culture and ex- exploitation movies and horror and all the stuff that I love and uh, all the stuff that JD loves. And you know, we said, let's make it happen. So we put together Planet Lucha as a concept and ran with it, and it went off like gangbusters. We did more in our first year of Planet Lucha than we did in three years of SenCal Professional Wrestling. And now we're on the precipice of doing even bigger things. Right, and I mean, because I remember when you pitched me the idea, you told me like what Planet Lucha was, and I'm just like, dude, that sounds awesome. And then you said, but we want to put you under a mask and turn you into something totally different. Yeah. And I've never worked lucha. I've never worked under a mask. I'm just, I'm fucking panicked. <laughs> I'm like, I'm down. I mean, yeah. you guys have always been great to me. So, you know. You seem to do well for yourself. Yeah. yeah. You, you jump, I jump. Like, whatever. <laughs> you know, just point me in a direction and we're gone. Yeah. And, but I'm just like, oh, fuck. What was I going to? And then I had the, the DP Wilson idea. I pitched it to you. You guys loved it. And mm. it's, I mean, it's gotten over. You know. Oh yeah, people love it. You know, it's it's great, and it's also, 
I don't know if this was your intent with it, but it's always something that I've sort of run with where in Lucha, there's this grand tradition, especially if you go to Mexico where, you know, most of the guys are just ripping off cartoon characters and comic book characters and stuff like that, you know, and because the copyright law there is different, you know, and you can just have a guy be El Power Ranger <laughs> and, and it happens and it works. So I feel like, you know, the, the DP Wilson character, you know, it has the meta aspect of Deadpool, but then it also has the meta aspect of the grand tradition of Lucha Libre ripping shit off. <laughs> See, and I, but the whole thing was, I know, I know nothing about Lucha. Mm. I, I know nothing about how to work the style, the psychology. I have no idea. But when you guys pitched me this idea, and I, and I went, wait, hold on. I did know that Lucha does a lot of parody characters. Mm. I'm a comic book dork. You told me hood. You told me uh, under a hood, and I went, Deadpool. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a logical conclusion. And then I remember pitching the idea to JD Horror, and JD was like, bro, I love it, but I don't know if we'll be able to do it. Yeah. It's all in how you do it. That's why I immediately threw back at you the living lawsuit, DP Wilson, because the more that we acknowledge that this is what this is, the more it falls into the, the parody category. And I, I've always had in the back of my mind, you know, when we get that cease and desist from Marvel, we're just going to have to palette swap you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's going to be it. <laughs> and Yeah, and I mean, that was that's – I've had more fun in the last – you know, how long has Planet Lucha been around? Last year? A little over a year, yeah. Okay, yeah. I've had more fun in the last year than I've had the 15 years before that. Like, I, I love wrestling. I've loved, you know, one of the main themes of tonight's show was road stories, mm. you know, and this extended family that I've made. And I love that, but I've had so much fun this last year that I'm like, I, I don't know if I can go back to wrestling without <laughs> – Without yes. my mask on. We ruined you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and that was when, – when I decided to do this, that was really what I was thinking is I wanted a place where weird people could get weird, you know, and because at, at a lot of wrestling companies, people can't wrap their heads around the weirdness. And that's not, that's not a slight on anyone. It's just that there are certain people's brains who are geared in a certain direction. Wrestling is serious. It's real. It's wrestling, you know. And I was one of them. Yeah, I was one of them. I had to I had to totally just kind of reevaluate my mindset toward, you know, oh, wait, hold on. It doesn't have to be that serious. Right. And, you know, I I, I knew that you were such a nerd that you would immediately fall into it one way or another. Like I, I saw that and that's why I immediately went to you and you, you know, you're the one of the first guys on my list of. All right. Who are we going to pull over? Because really, there's nowhere else. There are a couple other places that you can do weird in wrestling. Uh, you have Hood Slam up right. in Northern California. You can do weird there, but it's a very specific kind of weird, and it's a specific kind of weird that works in Northern California but does not work in where we are. It you doesn't know. translate. Yeah, because we, we can't you – know, we're a more conservative area. It needs to be more family-friendly. We can't have the weed jokes and the right, adult right. humor and stuff like that. Well, I love all of that stuff, Hood Slam is a, a fucking hoot. Uh, it just would not go over here. Uh, same, you know, if you wanted to go do freak show wrestling in Vegas, but you got to go to Vegas to do that, yeah. you know, and there's really, and there's wrestling pro wrestling down in, in LA with, with what Brian Kendrick is doing. But again, that's a very select audience. We had to do something that we knew would gear towards our local crowd and with the heavy Hispanic population, uh, doing the, the Lucha angle on it and sort of making it weird within the context of Lucha was something that they could grasp on, grasp onto, and then accept the rest as it comes. Yeah, and I mean that's I mean that's your first rule in entertainment. Know your audience. It doesn't Absolutely. matter if it's you know music, sports. It doesn't matter if it's comedy. I mean, know your audience. Yeah. 
Otherwise, I mean, you're going to die a death. Absolutely. And that's why I think you guys have, have done a great job with that. Yeah, we knew our audience. We knew what they wanted. And to be honest, going into it, I knew jack shit about Lucha too. But what did I do? I fucking learned. You know, I, I went on YouTube. I went and got the El Santo movies. I, you know, I watched the match. I did research on what the Lucha rules are so that we could acknowledge that, you know, in our hybrid. And I just gave myself a very – I just had back surgery at that point. So I was literally – I was bedridden for several months. And I just got on the internet and absorbed everything that I could and learned how to do Lucha uh, from a, a promotion standpoint and uh, the, apparently it worked because the audience accepted it and you know now we have the little abuelitas coming in you know <laughs> who haven't gone to a Lucha show since they were still living in Mexico 50 years ago and they're grasping onto this you know, it, we had to use guys like we had to book guys like Psychosis uh, and you know La Familia de Tijuana and all of these great guys. We had to book those people to get people into the door. But now it's gotten to a point where they're accepting you guys as the talent, not the the legends, but the 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 indie guys. And you know tonight we just had a, a packed arena and not a single big name on the card, and you guys rocked it and the audience loved it. So I, it's definitely a sign that we're doing something right. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, these, because I've been with you since day one of SenCal, mm -hmm. and I've watched you kind of build these up, and because I mean, I have the very kind of indie mentality, which is I'll work wherever, mm -hmm. you know. I've gotten away from it lately, but I'll work wherever, you know. And if it's fucking cool guys running it, hell yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, you know. And then when you guys told me you were doing SenCal, cool, yeah. I'm on board. And then. Planet Lucha, which took off bigger than Sankal did, and I'm just like, well, fuck yeah, let's, you know, and it's it's great that you guys have that kind of connection with that audience already, so that this can just keep getting bigger and bigger. Absolutely, and the plan is, I would love for this to be a destination show, and I've said that a lot in like our booking meetings and stuff like that. That I ultimately want this to be something where people will be willing to travel to see what we we're doing. And we're in an ideal location for that because we're three hours away from L.A. We're three hours away from San Francisco. So, you know, people who may not be able to travel all the way down to L.A. to see SoCal guys could come here and feasibly still make it home after the show, you know, in the same night. And so I think if we play our cards right and continue to do what we're doing with some of the other stuff that we have in motion, I really think that that it's possible for that to happen. And so what's what is I mean, we're sitting in your brand new building. <laughs> what is the plan for for Planet Lucha right now? Our brand new old ass building. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we just secured a lease on a building in Lompoc, California. It was a department store that was built in the 1930s. And it's been a couple other things since then, most recently an antique mall. Uh, but the place is huge. You know, it's 5,000 square feet. It's got 20-foot ceilings. It's got w hardwood floors, and it's got space to spare. So we're converting it into an um, entertainment venue uh, for mixed use. You know, it, it's going to be the home of our wrestling school. We're going to be running wrestling here every month, but we're also going to be able to supplement it by running concerts, burlesque, stand-up comedy. Uh, we can rent it out for, uh, you know, wedding receptions and things like that. So it'll be a constant stream of income. And we're doing the whole place up. Right now it's still under demolition and construction, <laughs> so there's dust everywhere and it's it's not pretty. But with what we have planned, as soon as we're we getting can, lungs for us. Yeah, more, right now, yeah. yeah there, there, there is a spot in this building that has black mold that is being <laughs> remediated right now. But you know, that's how old this building is. But once it's done, it's gonna be fantastic. And not only is it gonna serve as a place that we can run wrestling out of, but there's enough workspace that I can set up a multimedia studio and actually treat our shows like we're shooting for TV. And I've already had a um, creator's uh, contract set up with Amazon Prime to where I can start uploading things. 
I just haven't had this the time and space to make that happen. But by having this building, we have that. And so we can just treat every single show like two episodes of a TV show. You know, before intermission is one episode, after intermission is another episode. We do eight shows in a year. That's a 16 uh, uh, episode season. And uh, I, I think that if we get it out there and we can get some maybe sponsorship behind it, get some people behind it, get some eyes on it, which is something else that we're working on that I can't really talk about right now. But yeah. <laughs> no, you, uh, no, you told us earlier, yeah. and it's I mean, it's huge. Yeah. It is. It's awesome. And if it works out, yeah, yeah we, we don't, don't want to shoot our wad before someone's face is there to catch it. But <laughs> yeah, you, and you had us. I mean, you, you gave us the news and I'm holding the, my phone in my hand going, <laughs> don't. Well, Put it down. Yeah. What we're doing worked very, very well, though. So I, I don't think that we could have impressed the people that we needed to impress more than we did. So if it works out, you know, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, we're going to have a real, real big announcement. And if it doesn't work out, then we're just going to keep plugging along. You know, we've, yeah. we've faced a lot of adversity and a lot of people actually trying to sabotage what we're doing in the process. And we have survived all of it and, you know, thrived in spite of it. And you know, now we're sitting right in the middle of, a, you know, a crossroads where it's going to it's going to be exactly what we want it to be, you know, come hell or high water, you know, we may have to suffer a little more for it, but I'm willing to make that commitment. Now, and when you, again, you said that you wanted to get in as a promoter mm. better than you imagined or about the same. Did you think that anything could have been, would have taken off this, this well, this soon? Okay. So in, in terms of, of the success of the company, it's yeah. way better than I would have imagined. You know, I, I, it, I'm a, I'm, I'm a little bit cynical. And so I expected that maybe within two years, you know, we either be successful or down the toilet, you know, and we, we kind of floated it at, you know, your average indie wrestling company lasts five years. We've beaten that. Yeah. So, you know, and we're profitable now, which is even and more important. there's not a whole lot that can say that. Yeah. I mean, PWG, you have, I mean, in some car incarnation, APW. Yeah. You know, at least the ones I've been involved with. I'm sure there's more out there, but yeah. not a whole. I've worked for a, tons of promotions that they died a long time ago. Yep. And, you know, we've been we've been plugging along. And it, and it helps that, you know, through his uh, business, you know, my, my dad does have a, a solid financial standpoint to where when we take hits, we can survive it. Um, but he's also no bullshit. So if we were cir circling the drain, he would pull the plug. Yeah. And he hasn't, as a matter of fact, you know, now we're making the investment of this, this building and, you know, the work that we need to put into it and the infrastructure that we need to go to what we see as the next level. You know, when I got into the business, I never had any interest in going to WWE on any level as a wrestler, as a, a creative person, you know, I, I, I don't like to have other people ride on my ability when I can do things for myself with it. And so, you know, e even if this doesn't become the next WWE, I don't anticipate that it will. But, you know, we could maybe be the next Lucha Underground. Right. Uh, I, I, I think that is very feasible, especially because Lucha Underground isn't doing much right now. And we know some of their talent, so that helps, <laughs> too. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, I, I try to keep my expectations low, but I keep my drive in full gear. Right. And I mean, you look at just the, the landscape of wrestling in 2020, it's basically, and then 2019 was the year of alternatives. Mm -hmm. You know, you have APW, APW, excuse me, AEW, you had New Japan, you have ROH is still out there, you have like uh, Joey Ryan just started up his bar wrestling. Yeah. Like, this could definitely be like a viable option. Absolutely. And I mean, that, I'm, that competition is what's always been best for the business. For sure. And the way I look at it is there's no reason that we can't. 
yeah, we're operating out of a small town. Fuck it, you know? <laughs> LA was a small town once too. Yeah. Uh, I think if you have a product and it's interesting enough and it has an aspect of it that sets it apart from all of the other stuff that's out there, which is something that I've been heavily focused on is finding ways to set us apart from the other guys. Um, there's there's no reason that you can't do it. And that, I mean, that is a hard mindset because we all, we get locked into that, you know, at least I did, where, okay, this is what I want to, this is what I want to be. This is what I grew up on. And then I realized, oh yeah, see, Hogan's 6'5". Yeah. You're 5'4". <laughs> yeah, but you're a lot less racist. <laughs> <laughs> I hate on performance, not on skin. Like, and, but I mean that, I mean, we grew up on that. Yeah. And then, you know. You come in the 90s, and I know his name's a dirty word now, but Chris Benoit, mm. one of my influences, Eddie Guerrero, uh, Taz, like these smaller guys. But you can't be them because people have already seen them. Right, and, and it's obvious when you're ripping them off too. Right, and you've done a great job of, okay, that's great, but what can we do that's different? Yeah. And that, especially in entertainment, that's what you want to focus on. Mm-hmm. Like, Don't be you know, the next – Guns N' Roses, be the first you. Exactly. Uh, David Bowie has always been a massive influence on me, both as, as a musician and as an artist and performer, and even as a, as a promoter, you know, I take his mindset of figure out what people aren't doing. Figure out what hole needs to be filled and fill that hole and constantly be willing to reinvent yourself. You know, you have to be, you have to be fluid in this. Because, I mean, today it's a perfect example. You know, we had a big main event set up, and then one of our main eventers couldn't make it. Well, does the whole show fall apart? Do we say, fuck it, and throw all the paper in the air and walk out and slam the door behind us? No, the show has to go on, so you have to evolve. You know, I had tons of ideas for Planet Lucha that I wanted to do but became unfeasible, so we find new ways to do it. For example, when I first conceived the company and I wanted to have, instead of championship belts, I wanted to have crystal skulls that... There were four of them, and they each represented elements, so they would have a color that pertained to the element, but all the skulls would have a uniform design. And I would go on Amazon, and I would find these resin, you know, mock crystal skulls, but I could never find all of the colors. Or if I could, they wouldn't have a uniform design. And I'm OCD about that aspect. <laughs> I'm very OCD about the, the presentation of it. If you're going to do it, you got to fucking do it right. right. So, and for literally years, I looked. And finally, I was like, fuck it, we can't do it. But I still want this crystal skull concept because no one else is doing it. So instead, we just kind of boiled it all down into a single chaos skull that's going to become our money in the bank. And that's going to be a, a, a thing that we initially feature going into this new incarnation of what we're doing. You know, you, you just take sometimes the whole idea doesn't work, but there's always little bits and pieces of it that do. It's the same thing as a musician. That's how I compose music. I don't just sit down and say, I'm going to write a song and it's going to sound like this. I sit down for hours and I just grind out different sounds and different beats and different combinations of things. And 90% of it is absolute fucking garbage. But I keep it all because I might come up with something and then remember, oh, wait, this thing that I thought was absolute garbage will actually sound like gold next to this. And so you just have to have that mindset for whatever you do creatively, and it, it translates over to wrestling here too. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, you know, I, I do stand up, and one of my biggest influences is Christopher Titus. Mm-hmm. Like, I love Titus. I still listen to his podcast. He, j- I just listened to a show the other day where he says, "Don't throw anything away." Absolutely. And he said he wrote jokes five, six years ago that didn't fit into the special he was doing at the time, and now he's kind of dusting them off. Yeah, you know, and he was saying that you know one of his big influences is uh, Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Springsteen has songs he wrote in '79 mm-hmm. that he's just now recording because it just didn't fit at the time. So yeah, I mean, it might not work at the time, but you don't know 
yeah. you know, it's when it's time will come. It's I'll be, you know, I'll be trying to write lyrics for a song, for example, and like I, I can't come up, you know, I, I'm just at a total block, and then I'll be in the shower, and I'll remember some absolute fucking bullshit that I wrote in high school. That's like, <laughs> you know, bad teenage poetry, but there's little nuggets in there, and I rework it, and suddenly it becomes a good lyric that I can put into this song. Just, you know, I, I just happened to write it when I was 15. <laughs> so, I, I do the same thing yeah. with. All of my stand-up is I don't like jokes. I've never written a joke in my life. I've been a pro wrestler. I've been a strip club manager. I have so many what-the-fuck stories mm -hmm. that it's just a matter of I go on stage and I – this is what really happened. Yeah. You know, you might exa exaggerate this. You might, you know. For sure, yeah. You got to pump it up a little bit. Yeah, same thing. And I'll be sitting there and I'll be like, how the fuck have I never told the hooker story? <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's How the hell have I never told the hooker story? <laughs> How have you never told the hooker story? Yeah. yeah. It's the Andy Kaufman philosophy. You know, Andy Kaufman, I, I'm paraphrasing here, but he always said, you know, I'm not a comedian. I don't write jokes. I'm a song and dance band. Right. You know, and that's, that's how I look at it is, while technically on paper, I'm a wrestling booker. I don't look at what I do as being a wrestling booker. I look at it as being a storyteller. And you know storytellers tell stories it just so happens we're doing it in this medium but once again you know i've had ideas for you know film scripts that i want to write i've never written a film script in my life i've never finished one i have like three scripts on the back burner that i'm never going to finish i have a book on the back burner that i'm probably never going to fucking finish but i can take little bits and pieces of those ideas and translate them over into other things you know, i have a on the post-mortem show the podcast that i co-host with jd horror i have a running joke about you know when you have to face something hard or difficult it's like going up against a gorilla on pcp in viagra and that is literally the quote-unquote end boss for <laughs> the the book that i've been trying to write for years and it'll probably never happen but it's a great joke to bust out on the podcast i i'm i have a one-man show that I haven't finished yet. I have a um, a book. Oh God, what was the, oh the book I w I was gonna write was called uh, Yeah, that just happened. <laughs> Tales from a Bakersfield Strip Club. <laughs> That's actually pretty brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just so many things. Like the guy who fucking came in, we called him the Crow because mm -hmm. he was this forty-year-old dude, uh, grease paint, black grease paint around his eyes, dressed head to toe in black, black lipstick. And it's Bakersfield, so he's probably meth out of his fucking right. skull. And it's hot, so he's probably kind of a little drippy, too. And he comes in, and, you know, it's the whole, like, he, you know he wants a shock value. Right. And I'm just like, whatever, dude, Absolutely. 20 bucks to get in. <laughs> we kicked him out 20 minutes later because he <laughs> creeped everybody. You know how hard you have to work to creep out a fucking stripper? I've worked in strip clubs as well, yes. Much less an entire staff, <laughs> yeah. and he's telling our entire staff about how he's killed strippers and where he's buried the bodies. Wow. You gotta go, yeah. bro. You you You're gotta out, go. <laughs> and I've been doing stand up two and a half years, and like six months ago, how the fuck have I never told that story on stage? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, you can't uh, you can't look at yourself as a failure if you start a project and you don't finish it. It's just that that project was never meant to be. You continue to work forward. Now, if you've never done anything ever in your life, there's a point where talk minus action equals bullshit. But, you know, for every one thing that a person does successfully, any successful person in the world, they've got five things that they have never completed or that totally sucked. 
and you, you can't look at yourself as a failure when you make something and it doesn't quite work out because, you know, fucking ideas are ideas and not all of them are good. Yeah. Uh, but you just keep plugging forward and you keep finding the little bits and pieces that do work and you amalgamate them together into something else and you may end up somewhere where you never thought you would be. You know, all through high school, I wanted to be a rock star. And then I moved to L.A. for a year, for a couple of years, and I got a taste of what the music industry was like. And I said, fuck that. I want to be able to look at myself in the mirror every morning. But the music translated into me doing music for Heartland Wrestling Association, which kind of gave me the confidence to start, like, working in e-feds. And then working in the e-fed, I was like, you know what? I'm really good at this. I could probably do it in real life. <laughs> and that gave me the confidence. Well, and then there was LARP. And LARP is, like, literally the primer for wrestling. Like, yeah, pretty if you, much. If you, if you LARP and you're good at it, you know how to cut a promo. And I was LARPing, uh, you know, this is a Ninja Nerd Warrior podcast, so someone's going to know what the fuck oh, I'm talking course, about. Oh, of course, yeah, no. I was LARPing Vampire the Masquerade, the Sabat venue, where you, which is literally just Vampire WWE. And, uh, you know, I, I translated that into my Discord persona that I started out at as in wrestling. And, you know, it all just kind of becomes another thing. And now I'm doing the thing that I always wanted to do, even when I didn't know that I always wanted to do it. Because I can use my music for Planet Lucha, the TV show. I can use my ability to write stories, to craft the storylines for the things. I can use my ability to create characters to help other wrestlers create characters. And uh, every moment that you go through something like that is a learning experience. So, all right, Dom, I just looked over. It's like it's almost midnight. Oh, shit. And I have a three-hour three drive ahead of my me. My fiance is going to be pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Michelle. She's yeah. going to listen to this. So... Let I mean let everyone know where we can you know where they can see Planet Lucha where where can we uh, get a hold of this? Okay, uh, if you go to Facebook, we are Planet Lucha Libre because apparently there is a game called Planet Lucha, but we own the fucking trademark on it, so <laughs> it's ours. But yeah, f uh, Facebook is Planet Lucha Libre, uh, Twitter and Instagram is at Planet Lucha. I've been very neglectful of that because I'm 40 years old and bad at the social medias. Um, but uh, it's there, and as we do this, I'm going to push it. You can always go to www.planetlucha.com. Uh, all of the information is there, and hopefully in the next year or so, you can find Planet Lucha on Amazon Prime. Uh, and we'll do a couple little things for YouTube, too, to you know, kind of get it filtered out there. Uh, yeah, and there's going to be plenty of shit happening. So, all right, man, uh, we're going to wrap it up tonight. But, you know, dude, thank you for, again, the spot on Planet Lucia. Thanks for the show tonight. And just, dude, thank you for everything you've done for my career. Dude, thank you for everything that you've done for what I want to do. My broken ass can't wrestle the matches. I need guys like you that can do that. If, it, if Planet Lucha was just me standing in a ring, it would be real fucking boring after the first five minutes. <laughs> so, all right, man, with that, we're going to wrap it up. And, again, Dom, thank you so much. Thank you, man. So once again, I want to give a big thank you to uh, Dominic Balsamo and uh, also Mike Rain, RJ Cruz, Caden Anthony, and Tsunami. You guys, thanks for sitting down with me. Um, what you guys don't realize is we were recording all of this at the tail end of the show last night. Uh, I didn't want to do anything before because guys are putting their match together, and I didn't want to, you know, be kind of a pestering dick and be like, "Hey guys, can you you want to do my podcast work? I know you're putting your match together, but." So there were, you know, the ring was being taken down and the building was being cleaned up and it was hectic as shit. And so for all these guys to kind of take 10 minutes or, you know, whatever to sit down with me, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And um, I hope you guys enjoyed, I, you know, kind of sitting down and listening to our, you know, psychotic tales. And this is this is basically what pro wrestling is. You know, I know you guys, you know, the fans have this 
version of what goes on, you know, based on what happens in t- uh, on TV. But this is what happens behind the scenes. You know, this is, these are the bonds you you uh, develop and the friendships you make, and you know the psychotic stories that only if you the only people that would get it are the ones that are involved. And so I just kind of wanted to give you guys a little taste of that and say, you know, hey, this is what we do. We love it, and uh, thanks for kind of checking it out for us. And um, so anyway, um, this is the Ninja Nerd Warrior podcast, and you can find me on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, uh, under Ninja Nerd Warrior. And uh, if you've listened to this right now, you know where to find my podcast, but it is on Spotify, it is on Google Podcasts, and uh, hopefully Apple Podcasts coming soon. So, all right, guys, thank you for checking out another show, and uh, have a good one. All right, everybody, thanks for giving me time to take care of that. I hope you enjoyed the show today, and if you'd like to follow me, I am the Ninja Nerd Warrior. You can find me on all forms of social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and you can also find this podcast anywhere you get your favorite podcasts from, whether it be Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you can find me anywhere. If you would like to come out and check out the stand-up comedy scene, if you are in the Tulare, California area, you can come out to Barmageddon Sunday night, 9.30. That is hosted by Phil G. Uh, if you're in the Bakersfield, California area, Sunday, 6.30, Room 82, hosted by Jessica De La Garza. That is 7 o'clock. Monday, we have the Great Change Brewery, hosted by Kurt Sieblum, also 7 o'clock. Tuesday, we got back-to-back shows at Club Quip, hosted by Eddie Molina at 7 o'clock. We have uh, Jerry's Pizza at 8.30, hosted by Curtis Taylor III. Wednesday night, we have uh, Tambler Brewing Company, uh, hosted by Chris Flail. That is 7 o'clock. And Thursday, we are back at Club Quip, 7 o'clock, hosted by Austin Beauvais. So, um, yeah, come out and check out some of the Bakersfield's greatest comics. Uh, it's, a, it's a fucking blast, folks. So come on out and check us out. And with that, I am going to go ahead and say goodnight, and I will talk to you guys later. Bye-bye.